Hi, I'm Brent Stafford, and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. We're here in Warsaw, Poland for the Global Forum on Nicotine, the annual conference on safer nicotine products and tobacco harm reduction, celebrating their 10th anniversary this year. And joining me today is Martin Cullop. How are you, Martin? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah. So you're one of our favorite guests. You're a prolific writer on harm reduction issues and you write for Inside Sources and Center Square and Town Hall and Filter over the course of the years. Um, we last had you on in February of this year regarding the WHO in COP10. Why don't you remind our viewers about what this meeting is and why it's important for vapors to know about it. Well, it's, it's, been, it's held every two years. It's the World Health Organization's 10th uh, uh, conference of the parties to do with the uh, Framework Convention of Tobacco Control, which is a, an international treaty. Uh, and this year there, there are uh, a number of threats which could be on the agenda, which consumers need to know about. And, um, and so they really need to try and get involved because all of the delegations for that meeting are being put together at the moment. And uh, if we want to influence the delegations and what they, what they do at the meeting, it, that now around now is the time to do it. We, you know, the time is running out to, to get involved. So um, remind me, is the U.S. a signatory on the framework? Uh, the U.S. has signed, signed the treaty but hasn't ratified it, um, which means it, you know, it's not, uh, not fully bound, you know, legally bound to it. But what generally happens, the, the U.S. does tend to follow what comes out of these meetings anyway. So it is important even for Americans to, to get involved because if something gets gets passed at this meeting and it's it's legally binding on the on the countries that have ratified it, but you will probably find the U.S. will follow down the same route anyway. Now, um, so yeah, Canada, of course, and the U.K. and so many other countries are. I didn't know that it was legally binding. I thought that it, a country could decide whether to follow or not. Well, it, it's it's legally binding and 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 uh, on on the, those who sign it. Um, but some countries may say, you know, we don't want to do that. But the political pressure would be immense because they would be saying to these countries, you sent a delegation to the meeting, you were there, uh, all the decisions are made on by consensus, so you made a decision along with the rest of us to do this. Why are you not doing it? And, and so that's kind of how the, the pressure would build on, on anyone who decided not to go ahead with any of the recommendations. So let's put this in perspective for the vapors out there that are obviously familiar with the fact that there are anti-vaping people that are trying to annihilate this industry and the access and choice that vapors have. This is like the magnus opus. This is like the top of the top of the, of the anti-vaping. Yeah, and, and this meeting's particularly, I mean, th this is the, the a high level meeting, obviously all of them are, but this is the first one that they've met in person since 2018 in Geneva. Uh, of course, they were meant to have one in 2020, that was meant to be COP9, but because of the pandemic, it didn't happen. They postponed that till 2021, but because so many countries still had restrictions, they held that virtually and they decided just to move everything onto COP10 because they said, we don't want to make decisions over Zoom. We, or, you know, we want to make them face to face. So they've had effectively, by the time of this meeting, five years to get their act together, to go for all the, the things they want to do to vaping and heated tobacco products and nicotine pouches as well, which are being mentioned in some of the reports. So they're really going after tobacco harm reduction full full square. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So based on our last conversation and what we kind of already know about it, um, let's talk about some of the things that they're going to have on the table. One of them being a ban on open systems. That's right. Yeah, that's mentioned in, in it was first mentioned in December 2020. 
that they they want to uh, they want to ban open systems. But it's been mentioned in reports report since. There's a, a report of the, the WHO study group uh, which came out in 2021, and that mentioned it. And it was quite clear about one of the recommendations they'd like to see is a ban on open systems. So that's definitely there. There's there's uh, hints that they want to ban flavors. Um, they want to uh, ban nicotine salts. They want to regulate uh, vaping products on what's called nicotine flux, which is uh, the amount of nicotine you get out of a device over a period of time. And if they regulate that, you're talking about basically every product would be the same. Um, and re most recently, there was a report came out from, from the uh, WHO study group where they studied a few papers and came out with some recommendations. One recommendation was clear. It said that it should all the, all the uh, measures that are currently applied to conventional uh, combustible cigarettes should be applied also to all uh, nicotine delivery products. Uh, and it also spoke about banning advertising of nicotine pouches and, and treating nicotine pouches the same uh, as other products which are similar, which obviously means snooze. And if they, if they want to do that, then they, that would, they would be recommending, for example, the EU would ban nicotine pouches the same as they ban snooze. So the, some of these things are coming out, and, and a lot of these proposals are going to be on the agenda when, it, when it's finally published in, hopefully towards the end of September, but sometimes that's late as well. But. So we'll actually get that sneak peek in terms of the agenda. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're meant to produce all the reports 60 days before the meeting starts. Um, but sometimes, the, the recently, they've been late on that even. But when they come out, it's, that's when you know, the, the delegates will see what's going to be on the agenda and what they're going to be talking about. And we'll get to have a look at it as well. But by then, it, generally, it's, quite it's too late. You know, the, the delegations are mostly formed. Uh, they have their country positions. So consumers, if they want to get involved in the process and try and make their voice known uh, to their representatives in each country, they have to start doing it now. And then how do they deal with that? Uh, well, it's just simply the, the meeting is a meeting of the parties. The parties are national delegations from, it, from the, all the, the 182 signatory countries plus other members of the WHO who are, haven't ratified the treaty. And they all send delegations. Um, and they're the ones that make the decisions at these meetings. It's not the, the FCTC secretariat or the people who are administering the, the treaty. It's the national delegations. So to get to them or get your point across to them, you have to obviously write to your government or write to your uh, elected representative in your country and say, when that delegation is sent, can you please send someone on the delegation who knows about harm reduction? Can you please stand up to these threats? And that's the way you have to do it, through your, uh, your national uh, you know, your national channels, if you like. Now, how, you know, how would you know uh, who those people are to direct that communication to? Well, you can write to, like in the UK, we have members of parliament. In, in America, it's uh, congressmen and, and, and senators. You can write to those. Uh, you can write to, um, I, you can try and look up who's, who's the person responsible for tobacco control policy in the Department of Health, or you can, uh, you can write to other departments. Sometimes we found other, some countries, uh, they, they don't talk to the Department of Health. Consumers have spoken to, say, for example, in the Philippines, they spoke to the Department of Trade uh, and spoke to them instead. So any way you can get your message across to your government, you can do that. There's also a person in every country who's appointed uh, to be a link between the national delegation and, um, and the WHO, uh, 
who's called a focal point. You can try and find that online. There is a page where the, there are reports published for each country. And if you look on those reports, you should be able to find out who the focal point is. Just do a bit of Googling, if you like. Uh, and you can write to them, because they're meant to be passing information backwards and forwards between the FCTC Bureau and the regions, the WHO regions, and, and to the national governments, and also vice versa, back information the other way. So. Uh, these are the people you need to talk to. But you have to do it in your own country because we want the national delegations to go to this conference and make consensus decisions which don't harm vaping and other harm reduction, harm reduction products. Now, in terms of some simple messaging, I guess, like one of the things that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are they looking to redefine vapor to be smoke? Yeah, this is, this is a, a suggestion they've, they've come up with. Um, to redefine smoke to be anything that is a thermal, um, anything, anything that's an aerosol that's caused by a thermal reaction can be classified as smoke. So they're trying to make vapour uh, be, be described as smoke. And the reason they're doing this is because the treaty specifically mentions that the terms of the treaty should apply to tobacco smoke. It just doesn't, because when it was written in 2003, vaping wasn't really around. Uh, and so that's what the treaty says, and they're trying to redefine smoke as makes vapour smoke so that they can then say, well, th that's smoke, so therefore it, it is in the, within the remit of the Framework Convention Tobacco Control Treaty, and therefore we can apply all these measures to vaping as well as uh, 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 the same as we do with cigarettes. Now that's some real sneaky beep. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, um, it's a bit of a fetch, but because that, that's how the treaties uh, written, that's, how, that's what they, they're stuck with. You know, it was, it was signed and ratified by all these countries back in 2003. Um, and if they were to change the wording, then they'd have to go back and re-ratify it all over again, get, get everyone to sign it and ratify it again. So they're stuck with this treaty and, and the wording that it is. So they have to try and f squeeze vaping into the wording of the FCTC, which is why they're looking to try and redefine smoke. I think that's so criminal, that use of, you know, put, you know if think about the FDA, right? They've, they've actually deemed this piece of plastic to be a tobacco product. Yeah. It feels like the same thing to me, right? Yeah. You know, do you, is a Bic lighter a tobacco product? Well, if the FDA says it is. Yeah, and, and by their definition, presumably if you're cooking uh, a chili or something on, on, the, uh, on the hob, and it, and it emits some steam, that's a thermal reaction creating a visible aerosol, so therefore that must be called smoke as well. But <laughs> Yeah, like what about a, a, a humidifier? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. Well, so what has been the reaction in terms of your efforts over the last several months to get people activated along this lines? Is it going well? Yeah, I've been trying to speak to as many consumers as I can. We had a meeting here a couple of days ago in Warsaw of consumers and, and we were throwing around ideas and, and discussing this. And, and I was just trying to highlight some of the problems that are coming down the track and how important COP10 is. So it was quite a constructive meeting and I think they've gone away with some good ideas. And, and basically the, the whole, the biggest thing is just to share this information with as many consumers as possible. So as many people know about it because this meeting, as we've spoken about before, is extremely secret. It's all done behind closed doors. Not many people know about it. It's not like the climate change cops where uh, it's all across the news. This is, this is done very, very hush-hush. So we need as many consumers as possible to know 
what the threats are, to know that the meeting is taking place, first of all, and how it can affect them. And it, it, it can affect in every country across the world, apart from just a handful who haven't yet signed it. But even, even the, uh, the United States of America, like I said, although they haven't actually ratified it, they've signed the treaty, and they do go to the conferences and they sit in on the meetings and they have input into the meetings. And they, they were likely to be swayed by if anything bad that comes out, because over, over the years, all, most, almost, all, almost all the things that have come out of the COP meetings have ended up being applied in America anyway. Wow, and there's that one great American who's spending a lot of money uh, nudging yeah. the WHO along these lines. Yeah, of course, yeah, he's, he's actually funded um, WHO reports in the past, and, and they're quite open about it. They say this report was funded by Bloomberg Philanthropist. So yeah, he's, his, um, his minions are all across this meeting. And, uh, and if you see how the attitude of the WHO has changed since about 2018, when they were making quite sensible suggestions towards uh, reduced risk products to, to the way they are now, What's changed it? Who knows? Could it be the influence of Bloomberg or, or what? We don't know. Um, but they have got much more hostile towards harm reduction and it's going to come out in COP10. As I said, the mother of all COPs, five years since the last in-person meeting. And the last time they, they were talking in sensible terms about vaping, they're not talking in sensible terms about vaping now. Is there any resource online you know, that you know of that you're working with? where people could go to get some more information on this? Well, the, the New Nicotine Alliance in the UK has done a campaign, Call to Action. Uh, so have uh, Sovape, which is a French consumer association, and ANPVU in Italy. You could try and find those, you could Google those. Um, but generally, if you're on Twitter, if you find the consumers uh, that talk about COP, you look for the hashtags and you'll see, see plenty of uh, things on social media. Uh, but yeah, just generally, just you have to have a look around for it. But just uh, just keep an eye out for news on COP10. Um, and it, it should increase as we get nearer to the conference. There should be more and more uh, information about it, and hopefully you, you can find out about it and do something about it.